Oh, my gosh. This is in Sip's wheelhouse. Little Tom Petty. Good morning, Mr. Sipple. How are we doing? <laughs> good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. How are uh, everything good? Uh, this time last week, we weren't able to hook up with you because you were shoveling snow out of the 93.7 The Ticket parking lot. Um, yeah, it was a, well, I said I was driving, and I didn't, I was in a, I don't know, we had a, we had a foot here. Um, I didn't think I could answer the phone. I couldn't get, yeah, it was just kind of a mess. Yeah, and then you Safety first then, then you bailed on us, and you went to uh, Ainsworth to check out uh, Carter Nelson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would it had cleared up by Friday, and it wasn't that bad out that way, by the way. Yeah, which usually is you just know? the uh, complete opposite. Yeah, it wasn't. In this case, it was clear sailing to Ainsworth. Hey, so help me here, because you and uh, Sean Callahan from On Three dot com went out to Ainsworth the other night, and. Ainsworth High School football is the eight-man D2. So if you're playing six-man, you're below eight-man D2. That's where Ainsworth is. Help me through this phenomenon that's going on with a young man who we knew more about his track prowess before anything about football in Carter Nelson, who has completely blown up. Nebraska offers him last May, and now we are up to 27 Power 5 offers. A kid from small-town Nebraska that plays eight-man football. Dean Steincooler played eight-man football, got to the level that he got to. Uh, my my favorite eight-man football, Corey Eichmeyer, played at Dodge. Ty Han was really good. So there have been some really legendary eight-man players, but probably in terms of an offer list, nothing like Carter Nelson, who yesterday picked up a Miami and Georgia offer. Alabama has already come in. Walk me through what is going on in small-town Nebraska with this kid and just how he has taken off to this level of he's a track star, he's a basketball star, and he's a football star, and he is wanted by all of these major college football powers. Yeah, I, I mean, I, after you meet him and talk to his dad and, you know, his dad's the basketball coach. Talked to Jesse Owen, the football coach. Talked to Wade Alberts, who's the sprint coach. You get a, it, it becomes pretty clear. Um, some of this is about track. Now, I'll tell you, there is one aspect of it that really jumps out. And Nick Saban brought this up to Carter. And that is, Carter has gone seven foot in high jump. And that's, you know, if they fall track at all, that's the territory that gets everybody's attention. Mm-hmm. That's big boy territory. Mm-hmm. He has he's six four. You know he's a legit six four. I mean I, he's listed it in their basketball program at six five. He'll tell you six four, but he's a, he's a big horse. At, you know six four two fifteen, and uh, his track times and and track and field results get your attention. Seven foot high jump certainly does. That led the nation last year for a period. Okay, so you got to you got you know you got to kind of close your eyes and envision a six four two hundred fifteen kid jumping seven foot in O'Neill. He also is a pole vaulter. That's what got my attention. Mm-hmm. He's a very good pole vaulter. He's gone thirteen eight in the pole pole vault, and they can't find poles for him. I mean, it's hard <laughs> to find because he he snaps them in half. He's powerful, yeah. you know. They, Again, he's a big kid that can get up in the pole vault. So think about that. You know, he could 
I mean, he last April he uh, won four golds at the O'Neill Invitational and got an Iowa State offer right after that. Um, so I, he's not just a track star, though. I, 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 the last thing I'd say is I think everybody kind of has a picture in their mind. When you hear he's a top-rated player in any state, you start kind of formulating pictures in your mind of what that, that should look like. And I do, I'll always kind of remember walking into Ainsworth High. We, we walked in there, and they didn't have school Friday. Um, and they had a basketball game at 5.30, and I think we got there about 2.00. And he was just shooting around in the gym. And I, I walked in that gym, and there he was. He, he was just shooting baskets. So I was like, that, that, that better be him. Because if they got two of him, this is weird. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah, and it was him. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, and you knew. You, you're like, sure. oh, God, yeah, that's, that's what a number one player should look like. And then you see him play basketball, and it's, it's kind of crazy. He's really, he's really explosive. He's a very explosive athlete. So I know that they are keeping it pretty close to the vest. You know, this yeah, is a great opportunity for him. I mean, you're talking to Kirby Smart. You're talking to Cristobal. You're talking to Saban. Nebraska has played this recruiting very, very well. The family's not giving anybody an inkling of, hey, who is a favorite? Um, but your sense, because you're a veteran in this, your read on where Nebraska stands with him would be what? Oh, I think that he's a, he likes he's impressed. And Rule's done Rule has done a good job recruiting. We all know that. And when he went to he went to one of the basketball games and there was a go big red chant. He went, I think yeah, that he went there with Satterfield and Ed Foley. He did a good job. I mean, they did a good job recruiting him. And that's all that's all you can really say right now. The one. The one school I'd really watch is Notre Dame. Hmm. Uh, Marcus Freeman flew in himself. So the head coach of Notre Dame flew in, flew in to Ainsworth Regional Airport, and that made a big impression. Um, but you're right, Gary. You followed this very closely. They are they do play it really close to the best. Both Carter and his and his dad. Um, they're and Jesse. I mean Jesse Owen. That he does too. But mainly, you know, I talked to his dad and talk to Carter, and they do play it close to the best. And they're both very intelligent, too. Um, Carter's an intelligent kid. And I think right now it's just too early to say. Mm -hmm. It's too early to draw many conclusions. I think he had 123 unreturned texts in his phone. He's getting inundated right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, The one other thing I'd add is something to watch. None of the West Coast Pac-12 schools have offered yet, at least as of yesterday. And they expect that, though, because they hear from them. They're hearing from USC mm-hmm. and UCLA. I got the impression they wanted to hear from them. Hmm. So um, I'd watch that, too. Sip, and not to continue on just the overall physique of them, but I did want to ask you, because I, I you know, you keep thinking of, of some of the more highly publicized tight end recruits that we've seen in the area and I'll say the area because I think of Thomas Fedoni went technically in Nebraska but when you kind of look at the size just based on height and weight I mean is kind of a similarity after seeing him in person of kind of what Fedoni looked like when he was making the jump into to Nebraska yeah I'd say so I mean here's the difference though Nick there's another interesting part of this discussion and that is Carter Nelson. There's this sort of undercurrent discussion 
about him that's fascinating to me. He's very open to playing receiver. And he runs like that. You know, yeah. he's run 11.05 in the hunt. He's okay, again, 2 six, four, two fifteen. He's gone 11.05 in the hunt. Um, and there, there's a, there's two things. He, 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 I get the impression he likes to play receiver. Uh, he definitely wants to, you know, he wants to catch passes. Mm-hmm. You know, how much of in-line tight end does he want to play? I don't know. I mean, the, the receiver discussion is really interesting to me. The one thing you don't want to do, and I think there's one coach that made the mistake of broaching the idea of playing defense. I don't think he doesn't want to play mm-hmm. defense. Yeah. Um, and, you know, defensive end, would he looks pretty – that would look pretty enticing to me, too, um, if I were a coach. But, I yeah, Fedoni, I would just say Fedoni looks bigger to me. Now, I didn't see Fedoni – as a high school kid, you know, I didn't go to the, his gym and walk yeah. in and see him. I don't yeah. know if he was, but, but, but now when you look at Fedoni, I've seen Fedoni <laughs> over at the complex a lot, big, oh, I mean, Carter's hello. not that big. Um, but I don't know if Carter wants to be that big, Yeah, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. But on a side note, somebody locked Fedoni in the uh, weight room. Hello. What he looks like and all the pictures and videos that are being shared. Uh, I want to shift to yesterday. So, Donovan Raiola looks super comfortable. And maybe I'm not being fair because we don't hear from him a lot. But he, he he was like in a really good mood. And he wanted to talk football. And I don't know that last year there was a lot of ability for him to talk football in the, in the brief time that he talked to the media. But I, I'm, I'm listening to him yesterday, and it's starting to make sense. How we go from last year where the head coach brought up the GA, Aaron Coling, who was helping Donovan before he brought up his full-time offensive line coach, to yesterday where you hear Donovan walk through maybe his philosophy, meeting rules philosophy, being in sync with the head coach, OC, offensive line coach are all together, and also that he's open to Matt Rule coaching him up as a coach. What were some of the other takeaways you got from Donovan talking for the first time in a while, but the only guy that was retained on this staff? Uh, I mean, yeah, he did seem comfortable. Here's what I'd say. I don't – you might be on to something there, Gary, with all that. Um, I don't read into it quite as much. Donovan's a pleasant guy. He was a pleasant guy last year. He just doesn't like talking to the media. And, and Rule mandated that he talk to the media. Now, I don't know this, but if Rule hadn't mandated it, I don't know if he would have done it. Hmm. Okay? So I don't want to go too far down yeah. the road of, He's a new man because he's got a new boss. I I don't know about that. I don't. I, Donovan was a pleasant guy last year. I mean, just didn't talk to the media. I don't. He's, you know, some guys are very skeptical about talking to the media, and I would say he's one of them. Um, but and and again, I don't know if he's been up there if if huh. if he didn't have to be. So, um, but he does. He's. I don't know. I don't read into it. He's always pleasant. He's always been pleasant. Um, I think when he first got here, he was he wasn't used to talking to big a, me- yeah. a big media group. He never had to do it, you know. So I think it's mostly that. I, I mean, I, I would say Donovan has always been pleasant in my dealings with him. Sip, I know he he probably talked the most about Ben Scott and then also Teddy Prohaska. We're, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think anybody expected him to sort of anoint Scott as the the starting center. 
uh, you're going to get that yesterday. But I mean, were, did you find you know either one of those conversations interesting as far as you know how he did talk about both of those guys and, and where they kind of factor in? Yeah, I definitely found the Ben Scott conversation to be interesting because yeah. um, I thought he would be Ben Scott, the Arizona State transfer, would be earmarked for center. Mm-hmm. I did too. And now there's any, any you know Donovan said no, or we'll look at him elsewhere. Right. And he did, you know, Ben Scott did start 13 games at right tackle for Arizona State in 2021, and then started 11 at center. Uh, at Arizona State in 2022, and I guess, I guess, well, Ben Scott had told Sean Callahan that he's coming to Nebraska to play center. But if there's a need, you know, there's a, we'll see how it all shakes out. If he's more needed at tackle, then you know, maybe playing at right tackle, if or left, you know, if he's the best guy. Yeah. I now some people said simple. He Donovan just was saying that. He's going to be the center. I didn't get that impression at all. I, I thought that when Donovan said we're looking at him elsewhere, that's what he meant. That it was. I didn't read into it or think he was just. It was just coach speak. Okay. He trains all his guys at different positions. I thought he genuinely meant no. If he, if he's if we need, if we have a need in another position, he'll play there. So they got some center options beyond Ben. Scott, you know, Piper comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Turner Corcoran could play center. So I think when he says, I want my best five out there, whatever that configuration is, that's what he means. But isn't that kind of the philosophy of this whole program now? If you're good, we'll find a place for you. You might not be playing in, you came here as a safety, but man, we need a cornerback and you're good enough to play cornerback. We are not going to hesitate to move you. Doesn't it seem like that's the philosophy at every position group for the most part? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, I'm, I'm not. I don't know how much that is. It. I don't. I, I'd have to think yeah. about if that's a big change, but it definitely does feel that way with rule. Stephen M. Simple joining us here on Mornings with Sharp and Hanley. Uh, your takeaway from Corey Campbell. I, he he talked last week and it, it didn't give you a lot of new stuff. But I thought here's a guy who who knows his craft really well and can explain it to you know those of us that have never been in the Nebraska weight room to to pump iron. Um, but he, he gave me the impression, and I know that we've all talked about this before, with young people that are just looking for somebody to follow. I think that he inherited, because he gets the most activity with these guys before they begin spring football, he's finding guys that want to be led. Do you get that impression from from some of the things he said yesterday? Yeah, I do. I, I thought that was a... I thought it was a pretty revealing interview in a lot of ways, and he's his importance. I mean, when you think about it, he was he was on that plane with Rule when he came into Lincoln. He was on that you know the first plane in mm-hmm. with Rule with Matt Rule and and Cooper. So we are, now we know Cooper's you know, as far as assistant coaches go, full time staff. Cooper is is the right hand man for Rule, and then. The fact that Campbell was on that plane with him, that means a lot. It, does, it really does. I mean, it, it, that coach, that, you know, the strength coach has to lead. It has to be on the same page with Rule. And what it did was told the players, look, well, I mean, Campbell can't be effective if the players don't understand his importance and don't, yep. he can't really lead if they don't respect his position. And 
I think Rule does a lot of things that are very intelligent tactically, I think. And I think that was a tactical move. I got to have my strength coach with me. These kids need to see the strength coach with me. Um, and I think that makes a lot, always makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you hear coach, head coaches over the years say that the most, the most important guy after me is the strength coach because of what you said, Gary, they spend so much time with the guys and they have, they, it's such an, a critical element. The other thing about Campbell is he's, it, it, he, he genuinely cherishes this, this situation he's in, which is a very enviable one. And that is, he gets to put his stamp on the on the weight on this new weight room in this new one hundred and sixty million dollar facility. That's a big deal for that kid, a guy like that who's still pretty young in his career. Mm-hmm. And he said he, he he will put his stamp on it. Um, and that that is uh, it has to be an exciting time for him. The other big takeaway was he was a walk on, and he respects yeah. that walk on tradition here, and that. He was a walk-on at Georgia. I think his last year was 2013, and he used the weight room to get an edge. And he, you know, he wasn't the most talented player on the roster, but he got an edge. And now, you know, he can point to that element with the walk-ons with anybody. So, oh man, I'll tell you something now. There's a lot about that Corey Campbell picture that I like. I don't. I'm not around the facility, and I don't know what he's like on a daily basis. Um, and I don't know that much about weightlifting, but that but that that picture looks really yeah. good to me. Uh, I did want to get your thoughts on Rob Dvorak. And like a lot of the other assistant coaches, he used the word, you know, accountability when talking about, you know, working with Matt Rule. He seemed, you know, genuinely excited about what he said being a part of something that was going to be great there. But, you know, also, you know, kind of getting into what he expects to see from Tony White's defense and using the word chaos. What, what were some of your big takeaways from Rob Dvorak talking about the linebacking yeah. position? Yeah, I thought that a couple things. He really respects the tradition of this place, and he's in an interesting situation, such a young guy. Mm-hmm. He is a young guy, but he has been 10 years. Of, I mean, he has coached 10 years, and a lot of that was rule. Rule disciple. I mean, he's one of those guys where it's really, mm-hmm. he clearly respects where rule is, and, you know, the rule is as a leader. So that. But also, yeah, what he said about Tony White's defense is that we can do hmm. a lot of different things, but it'll look the same. Chaotic. So, I mean, buy-in, I mean, I took away that he's, his buy-in is good. He's really young. Yeah. I mean, I know he's coached 10 years, but he's, he is very young. That that picture's interesting to me with some of these guys. Um, so I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to, what I try not to do is judge him either way. I mean, we're going to find out. In fact, it's in a perfect world, I wouldn't even want to judge these assistants for two years. Let's see where it is in two years. You can't really do that in this world anymore. But, I I mean, it, if, if, at the end of the day, for me, how am I going to judge them? I, I don't know. I'm just going to judge them, see, see what that picture looks like after two years yeah. is what I'd like to do. Hey, don't sell um, yourself short. I, I know that you used to lift weights. You know your way, your way around a weight room. I don't amateur hour here. Um, <laughs> I, I um, yeah, no, I don't. I've never, it's never really been formal unless you consider PE at Columbus High School in 1983 yeah. formal training. What was the weight room like there in '83? It was good. They had a, Columbus High had a good 
a good weight room. The good thing you got to know about Columbus High at that time was Charlie Sheriff was the wrestling coach, um, and he was a, I mean, he was a nas- nationally prominent in that in that world. And his son, you know, went on to wrestle at Missouri, so they, they made damn sure that there was a good good weight room. But I think it was pretty good even before that. Columbus did have a good weight room. Yeah. And they used to churn out all kinds of football players too. They did. It was it was a good football program for a period, but it was a really good wrestling program back yeah. in the uh, 80s. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Hey, Sip, we appreciate it. Have a uh, good week. Are, are you going to uh, be wearing your Go Big Fred shirt on uh, Saturday at PBA? <laughs> I might go over there. I don't. I typically don't wear a Go Big Red shirt, um, <laughs> but, I, but I might. I might find my way over. Okay. All right. Well, I, I enjoyed uh, you and uh, Sean's uh, stuff from uh, Ainsworth on Carter Nelson. That was good. That was good. Well, thank you. Uh, that was I, good information. I, I am. I appreciate how versed you are in that. It is a really interesting story developing up there. It really is. Yep. Hey, Sip, have a good weekend. All right. Thank you, guys. Stephen and uh, Sip, Carter Nelson blowing up. Now, I wonder if some of them are, hey, there's a scholarship available for you, but we'd like to meet in person and see you. No denying, he probably is going to have the most significant list of offers of any Nebraska high school player. That's crazy. You know, Calvin Jones, Amon Green mm-hmm. had plenty of offers. Even even Fedoni will will claim him as ours. By the way, I mean that's when you were asking Sip about Fedoni. I saw Fedoni play basketball, and mm-hmm. uh, Drinkwitz and Harbaugh were in the uh, yeah. stands. Uh, Fedoni, that's was a, a pair. Fedoni, Fedoni was a pretty good basketball player. Yeah. I mean, him and him and Teddy were both really good high school basketball mm-hmm. players, um, but the Carter Nelson thing. So, if this was the basketball world, and you had a kid like this blowing up next year, Ainsworth would be playing everywhere. Yes, they, they would. would. Be, they would be an invite to come and play in Grand Island. Yep. At that tournament, uh, come play in Omaha. Mm-hmm. You know, go outside of the state of Nebraska. If I'm Ainsworth. I'm investing in extra bleachers. Mm-hmm. I'm selling season tickets. And just like Colorado <laughs> taking advantage of Dion, I'm going to take advantage of Carter Nelson because people are going to flock to watch him play. Yeah. Now, it's a weird recruitment because how you judge his film, you know, he's playing in the next to smallest class for high school football in the mm-hmm. state. There is no doubt he is a, a freak athlete. If you look at his prowess in track, he's a pretty good basketball player. And you're kind of, in recruiting, I think a lot of these schools are also projecting. Well, you have to, right? Okay. It's not going to matter when we slide him into Division One football that that monster jump up. He's got enough tools in the tool right. bag and what we can do with him that he'll get to where we think he will. Yeah. But I have never, as long as I've lived here and followed recruiting, and I wasn't here for Dean Steincooler, and I, and I imagine back then there wasn't, a lot of offers for Dean, mm-hmm. but Dean is the best eight-man football player ever from the state. That Carter Nelson, that that just him blowing up like this, just just people. He has had a stretch here of this week of Alabama, Georgia, Miami offers. He lives in Ainsworth, Nebraska. Yeah. Ainsworth, Nebraska is not easy to get to. They're going to have a busy airport, mm-hmm. okay? Because people are going to fly in there, yeah. coaches to see him that already have and will. This is this is a this is a very very it's it's like a great story. Now it you know if you're Nebraska you want to keep him home, but it's a story of you really don't know how good he's going to be right. because it's tough to judge 
But you look at his just athleticism and you go, there's something there. There's something there. There's got to be something there why all these schools have such an interest. I'm glad Sip brought up Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman made a special trip in there. That was a big deal. And brought yeah. a couple of assistants. And, and, I mean, Notre Dame comes calling your kid from Ainsworth. Yeah. That's quite the drive, seeing where it is. You know, I've always said this. Oh, thing. yeah, it's not easy to get to. Oh, so, yeah. So you are going there with a purpose to recruit him. Yeah. I've always said this in baseball, recruiting when it comes to exposure, especially in the summer. And, you know, we'd have a lot of, you know, kids that I, I would have had coached, you know, talk about try to play in, the, in some of those more, you know, exposed travel summer uh, teams out there. You got the prospects right now, but you had other ones, you know, back when I was coaching too. And my theory was always this, and it, it's not to take anything away from what those other teams do and getting exposure, but they'll find talent. And you know, when I think of Carter Nelson, size and speed, it's it's still going to it's still going to echo. They're going to find you, and you see a lot of those those emphasis on, hey, we need to get out there. We need to, you know, and he's going to camps. I get that, but as far as people feeling like they have to sort of change where they're going to school and and different things on how they get that exposure, you got size, you got speed. You know what? Chances are. Teams are going to find you, and all it well, takes is one to show interest, well, and then it becomes sort of a, a yeah, little bit of a trickle-down. I think down. there's also part of this in the recruiting world is Alabama made an offer. Nick Saban has never watched eight-man film. Right. <laughs> Sight unseen, Alabama makes an offer, and it's follow the leader. Yeah, yeah, Lane, totally. Okay, there's got to be something there. If Alabama's going to offer, they must see something. Yep. Let's just check his film. Oh, you mean he's that size? Oh, Okay. Let's offer. Mm -hmm. And then another school offers because they see Alabama offer. Sure. Lane Kiffin sees Nick Saban offer. Hey, let's make an offer. Oxford, Mississippi to Ainsworth, Nebraska. (laughs) And then Georgia says, oh, if Alabama is there, let's go in there and let's cause some issues. And and let's at least make an offer and let's see and let's get him on campus. And if we see what we like in person, then it's a committable offer. Mm -hmm. And then Miami says, Boy, if Georgia and Alabama and Notre Dame are offering a kid in small town Nebraska, let's take a look here. Yeah. Hey, bring his film up. Let's call him up. Let's make an offer. So that are some of these offers is follow the sure. leader. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Um, but still, it's twenty seven Power Five offers. Yeah. For for a kid that plays eight man D two football, there's D one and then there is D two. Mm-hmm. Kudos to him. Yeah. That's because uh, he's. He's going to finish probably with the most significant offer list of any Nebraska high school football player. Well, and, and what look I've the, seen, you know, look at the national. I mean, the next to come, if, if Clemson offers, yeah, I'm sure that, we're sure like, they hey, it's all these national LSU offers, national championship yeah. programs that are offering. And it's always been any time that I've either followed eight man football or you've seen guys come out and you know, we talk to one every week and Scott Shanley. Every time people would talk about the players that went on to play D1 sports, whether it was football or a different sport, they'd always talk about the athleticism. Because again, you know, you're, you're, you're playing multiple positions on both sides of the football too. And it's usually that athleticism that stands out. This is very rare. Uh, it's just it, from everything that I've known from eight man football to see somebody and you're right. You're absolutely right. Use that word project. That's exactly what a lot of these schools are. It's, it's really all you can do because you know, you're watching kid who's playing you want to be a tight end, maybe even a wide receiver, but he's playing a lot of quarterback too. You're, you're projecting on what that person can be. But, I mean, just this is unlike anything we've seen as far as this offer list. End of March, Carter Nelson scheduled to be at Nebraska. 
along with Dylan Riola. You say, hey, want to catch passes from Dylan Riola? <laughs> Uh, uh, coming up in the next hour, we have Ask Us Anything. Also, uh, Brian Edwards. Uh, one of the things Rob Dvorak was talking about the defense, they really like Chief Borders. Keep an eye on him this spring, the transfer from Florida. Uh, there have been numerous people inside the program, publicly or privately, that have brought him up uh, after seeing him on uh, campus. All right, one more hour to go on this uh, beautiful Thursday morning of Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone.